I mean, just start talking. Well, I mean, do the beginning of the. But you just got out. You're walking out. You're walking out of the room. Is it just a monologue episode? Yeah, I think you can handle this one. I'll play us both. But you'll have an Australian accent. Blimey! We demon you coming in, Danny! Still New Zealish. <laughs> it's still nonsense. Um, and we are starting. Nice. Yes. Trixie. That's what we call a little bit of the improv. You want to be fast on your feet. Is there a song from Love Actually? There is, but I can't... Oh, Bill Nighy has a good song, but I can't remember. Bill Nye's in this? Bill Nye, and he's the only good part of this, if memory serves. Bill Nye the science guy? Oh, no, no, no. Bill Nye. Oh. He played Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stepfather. Okay, yeah, yeah. And every other Englishman ever in movies. I always pronounce him Nye. Nye. Um, that is the Americanized version, but in England, you would say, Hey, in me the Nye. Oh, with a lot of apostrophes around. Probably. <laughs> and he'd be, they'd have like curry flavored Bill Nye. And you're like, oh, we just have sour cream and onion back on the States. Say what you want. On the States? Say what you want about the UK. They got us handled on the chip game, the crisp game. Thank you. They like, didn't know what they you were have, talking about. You would think with food that we'd have it down pat, especially like processed bagged food that we'd have them down. But especially because like, I feel like we win on food in general. Right. Yeah. No, I don't food. want beans on toast. Yeah. Get out of here. And you're like soggy bacon. And I'm not going to give them credit for Indian food. No, <laughs> that came from India originally. <laughs> Little known fact. Everyone knows. It. That came from Harlem. <laughs> it's really weird. What? I don't know. Um, Someone in ta- to Harlem was just like, what do we got all this turmeric doing around? I got a- an idea. <laughs> you got some jasmine rice? Basmati. Is that ba- going to work? That's even better, actually, because that actually is the rice they use. Speaking of actually. Love. <laughs> Welcome to your inner child as an idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from not quite our childhood, and decide if they were any good or not. I'm DJ. This is Damon over here. What's that, Dan? <laughs> uh, hello. I never know what to do to that. We're going to watch Love Actually feel disingenuous today. for me to respond to... <laughs> to... Like, I couldn't be bothered to finish a sentence, so why should <laughs> right. you be bothered to Why should... Me? You didn't pronounce, like, three-fifths of my name? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you got a lot of letters in your name. Just five in the first part. That's true. I'm not looking for my Christian name. <laughs> uh, we're going to watch Love Actually today. Uh, I have I got nothing for you. I've never seen this movie. I know that people talk incessantly about it around this time of year. It seems like a more recent hocus pocus in the sense that people have like built this sort of mythology around it because it's the the love actually multiverse which is actually quite i was making a joke but i just realized it's quite fitting for this fucking movie what why i mean because they're dimensional traveling in this movie i'm now more excited than i was a second ago (laughs) benedict cumberbatch plays johnny strange i don't even fucking remember is he in this no okay he's no that was before the world had the technology to form a cumberbatch (laughs) Before they split the Cumberbatch in the Manhattan Project. Mm, yeah. uh, well, I think um, this movie is the prototype for another horrible trend in movies, which is the holiday mega romantic comedy. Like your Valentine's Days, mm. your New Year's Eves. Also, uh, I haven't seen those. Because you're a human, your your body rejected them immediately. <laughs> you're like, no, thanks. I don't want to watch Taylor Swift fall in love with Taylor Lautner. Too Wait, many Taylors. Taylor Swift's Which in one of those movies? Which is what that should have been called. Too many Taylors. She's been in movies? She was in Valentine's Day, I believe. Huh. Hmm. So keep that in Who mind. Who is in this movie? Will you tell me? Name an English person. Um, Winston Churchill. He's in it. Cool. <laughs> is uh, Simon Pegg in it? Yes. You're just fucking with me now. Nope. <laughs> um, one of those people who you think is American, and then you find out the guy who plays uh, <laughs> one of those guys, Rick you... Grimes on uh, Walking Dead. Andrew I don't know who that Wakefield. is. Oh, Andrew Lincoln. Yes. Who's I... Andrew Wakefield? He is in it. He is. I mean, I was joking on the first two, but he is in Andrew Love Lincoln? Actually. Yeah. Who's uh, Andrew Wakefield? Is that I have no idea. Bass player. Are you thinking of player? Andrew Garfield? <laughs> 
Are you thinking of James A. Garfield? Are you thinking of Garfield the cat? Are you Nermal. Of, Is Nermal in this? Are you thinking of Heathcliff? <laughs> oh, poor man's Garfield. Yeah. Um, but really also was. there was the poor man's Heathcliff, which was the other cat in the Heathcliff show that lived at the junkyard. Oh, yeah. And he was like boning that hot cat. Cleathiff. <laughs> he wore that giant like... Maybe a newsboy cap. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's neither here. I nor feel there. like we've digressed a little bit. Na- if a person was in Harry Potter, they are legally obligated to be in Love Action. Alan Rickman. Like. Alan Rickman's in it. Emma Thompson's in it. Okay. Y- Voldemort's in it. Is he? <laughs> no. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Hugh Grant's in it. Wait, Billy Bob Thornton is not English. Is this? He's not, but he plays the American president who comes to visit the Prime Minister. Prime Minister. This is a memorandum here for the Prime Minister. Woof. Uh, <laughs> so good. I mean, it's so good. Judges, mm, they walked away. <laughs> Simon Cowell is the only person into it, though. It's a weird <laughs> He's thing. He's actually surprisingly gentle with you. <laughs> Back uh, to sexual, I'm sorry. And uh, so I feel like Samantha Mumba's in it. Who is that? A woman. Uh, okay. The guy from Game of Thrones who helps Bran out, who's the tall, skinny kid oh. who just always looks young forever. Jeff Max Rotal. Max von Sydow? Is that what you're No, about? not Jack. The guy who brings him to Max von Sydow. Oh, the, yeah. Who got killinated at the end of last season. Spoiler. Oh, my God. Don't get the GOT people mad at us. If they're GOT people, they should know. That's true. Anyway, he played Jethro Tull in Game of Thrones. Super skinny kid. He plays Liam Neeson's... Jethro Tull? I don't remember his real name in the show. Okay. But he plays Liam Neeson's kid. And there's more, because there's six... Kira Knightley's in it. Okay. There are six trillion stories in this goddamn movie. Is this like Crash for a romantic comedy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Valentine's Day movies also just have an all-star cast of everyone getting together... At Valentine's Day and falling in love. And it's just like, uh, we got a lot of shitty romantic comedies. Like, just staple them together and make them into one massive movie. Are we going to need to, like, draw a diagram for this oh. movie? Oh. Yeah. Laura Lenny's in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I'm just going to keep, like, having, like, spasms of remembering other, like, She's not British, B-plus she? list. No, but she earned British credit. Just by like being having the last sort of Lenny. above it all, sure. You know what I mean. Yeah. And she introduced Downton Abbey on Masterpiece Class- Classic. If that doesn't apply for a British citizenship, I don't know what does. Wow, um, you you seem to have uh, seen this somewhat recently. Do you have? No, like a, I have, have seen like... this precisely once. And when? But was it was that? tattooed onto my brain. I'm going to tell Are you. you Twenty one years old. I was. It was 2003 or four. Okay. The women I was friends with in college all loved love, actually. Mm-hmm. Because love, actually, is everywhere. That's the first thing about this movie that you remember because it's the title. And it immediately annoys me. <laughs> because they have to, at the beginning, they're talking about airports and how, you know, airports are the best place in the world because you see people show their true emotions to each other. And it shows a big fucking montage of people hugging each other in terminals. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Grant is narrating and says, because love uh, actually is everywhere. And I'm like, so already your title it was the laziest fucking thing in the world because you didn't finish the thought that you <laughs> named the movie after. You named it after the... It's not so the it's like, noun in the sentence and uh, the beginning filler? of a prepositional phrase, maybe. So it's they didn't even they didn't even mean it as the answer. Like, oh, what what was this force that was bringing us together? Oh, it's love, actually. Right, exactly. There was, it was more a, the, if, an interjection if, of filler word. If the movie ended with all the main characters looking over a completely destroyed post-apocalyptic London, and they're like, "What destroyed this city?" And Hugh Grant just goes, love, actually. Oh, that's a fucking movie right there. Credits! That would be a great movie. Can I just say something real quick? How British is it that their filler word actually has four syllables? Actually. Actually. We, uh... Whereas here in America we say, truly. Truly. Love truly. Are you saying truly? Truly. Chewies? It's apostrophe... T U A L L Y. Chili. Chili. Love Chili. 
So it's just a bunch of like half-assed romantic comedies stapled into one mega, but still half-assed romantic comedy. So did your your girlfriends like? Oh, sorry, yeah, I was actually in the middle of an anecdote. Actually. They were all like, oh my god, we just saw Love Actually at the theater. They don't talk like this. I'm just being a sexist sure. gay guy. Nice. But they were all like, nice job. oh my god, we just saw Love Actually at the theater. It's so amazing. You've got to see it. And it just became another overhyped thing. And we finally sat down to see it. And I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> and then it became one of, sort of, very much like Hocus Pocus, where it was this movie that everyone started watching around Christmas. And it's not that good. Mm. It's just kind of. Uh, at best there is one highlight and that's bill nighy's storyline do you think um your opinion will change of this i mean it it has been over 10 years if you've only seen it once i fully indulge even though i've only seen it once i fully indulge in rereading an article that i think the atlantic wrote which is love actually sucks And it was just this long list because every time a year, this sort of became part of the canon over the past 13 years. It's become part of the like Christmas canon. It's like one of those movies that starts showing up and people start yeah. talking about it like, oh my God, I'm snuggling with my bae, watching Love Actually. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> um, and uh, it annoys me that it's sort of like snuck in just by... Just happening. I mean, I guess it. I mean, there are a lot of movies I like, like Gremlins and Die Hard, that are just not really about Christmas. They're set at Christmas, but this one, I feel like it's just trying to like wear you down. It's just like shooting romantic comedy missiles at your shields (laughs) until it's like you. One of these stories is gonna land (laughs) until you're like like lying prostrate on the ground. Like, just stop. If I well up with tears once, will you stop? Leave me alone. So it's like we're gonna throw six storylines at you we're gonna have uh, a mentally um ill uh, brother in an asylum that laura lenny has to treat we're gonna have christmas we're gonna have all these like you know uh, unrequited love stories until a marriage falling apart because of uh, an affair until you have to like react to one of them I'm exhausted yeah list i managed to Obviously, I missed it when it first came out. I mean, and every other time. But <laughs> I feel like the the sort of nostalgia for it is somewhat recent. Am I wrong about that? Because I, I, well, I, mean, I remember... Well, definition, it's, only, it's one of our newer movies we've watched. I feel like... Uh, I, I, re- I remember when it first came out and people... But then I, there was like a big lull where I didn't really hear about it or think about it. But then only like this last year or so, especially your last two years or something, last two Christmases, I've yeah. been like... I think that happens when with these mediocre movies where um, people go see it or don't see it, and then the younger generation that did see it when they were too young to actually form an informed opinion about it um, start <laughs> being like, oh "Whatever my we God. think," <laughs> and then then you're like, "Oh Christ, we gotta we gotta fight back against the powers of love." Actually. Yeah. Um, so so we- two things in 2017 push back against Trump's agenda. And the canonization of Love Actually. I can't decide which thing I think is going to happen less. And play the new Legend of Zelda game. When oh, it comes I'm, out. Real, I'm actually really excited about that one. There were new videos that came out this week. Oh, we have to watch those. We can watch them. Okay, so we're going to watch Love Actually. And actually. those Zelda videos. And probably those But we won't Zelda review videos. the Zelda videos. We'll review the Love We can actually. talk about it if you want. I don't give a shit. You know it's what? my podcast. Honestly. We'll do what we want. Fuck off. We'll do it. Um... So you said it's available on... It's on Netflix right Netflix. now. Netflix. Okay, so we're going to watch it on Netflix. I bet that's why. That's got to be part of the resurgence is that people... Um, I mean, this Atlantic article I read that I love um, was like two years old. Okay, well, I don't know what I'm talking about then. Uh, I will come back from this break a more informed person. So. <laughs> no, no. No, I won't? Okay. No, no. Watch along with us and we'll talk about it after the break. Hey everybody, we're just gonna check in here for a question uh, uh, answer session here. I'm DJ from Your Inner Child is an Idiot, and uh, Damon is not with me, but I do have a listener, Schmayman. H- Hello, I am Schmayman, Schmanschmashmanless, and uh, he has some questions that I think will be relevant to our listening audience. Schmayman, yes, uh, J. I have a <laughs> no, speech, my name, I'm DJ. I, I have a speech impediment, oh, okay. so I okay. wish you wouldn't point it out. Sorry about that. So. 
It only comes when I say people's names. Right. Uh, I really like your podcast, Schmitter, <laughs> Child of Schmitter, yet. Thank uh, you. And no, yeah, thank you. I mean, I work not at all hard on it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I really like it and I want to support it, but I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't know how to do that. Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because we're starting something new. Uh, it's a Patreon. We're going to start a, a site. Patreon. Yes. It's on <laughs> patreon.com and you can find us there. Uh, patreon.com slash you're in a child as an idiot. Hey, and we're going to start what's that. Patreon? Patreon is an organization where... Uh, and by Patreon, of course, I mean Patreon. Creative, creatives of all kind create whatever they're, they're making. So they're making uh, videos on YouTube. They're making uh, art. They're making, in our case, a podcast. And you, as a, someone who wants to support that, you can... And I am. ...be willing to uh, give... In order to uh, receive that, uh, no. Give like, to get give like puka shells, otter pelts. Like, what are we talking about here? You give us money, and we, oh, gi- okay. we give you podcast. Now, <laughs> you're probably wondering if this. What if you don't want to give us money? Well, that's okay. I, is, I was thinking that oddly too. This is uh, for somebody who wants to support us. Who you know uh, wants us to keep making this podcast and doesn't want it to be uh, filled with uh, you know a bunch of ads or worry about us financially where are we going to sleep I do imagine what am I going like to eat for little, breakfast I I think of you like the little matchstick girl selling yes. matches on the streets of they Victorian sell, England they sell matchsticks in Victoria Yeah I mean yeah. sure in the um, story little matchstick girl they did Do you have any other questions like maybe support levels or uh, you know, I didn't, but now that you mention it, you seem like you're itching to go on it. So yeah. I guess, yeah, support levels, are there them? They are. So if you, let's say, for example, you just got a little bit of a chunk of change to give and you want to give, hey, you know, I'd be willing to give a dollar every time I, they put up a podcast. You can do that. And uh, if you do that, we'll give you a name check in the show notes of each episode. So we'll have uh, show notes that go out to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, the wherever the podcast distributor of your choice. And you'll see your name in there. We'll Question on thing. that. Yeah. Now, as I stated earlier, I have a speech impediment that only applies to proper nouns. <laughs> right. Um, will you be having someone with my disability reading the names, or will it be someone who can say the proper names? I'll tell you, we will spell it however you want it to be spelled. <laughs> if you, I mean, without, uh, you know, getting, uh, disgusting, we will, uh, we will, <laughs> I don't know. You can't just put your name as like De Penis Amen. <laughs> we won't do that. Actually, we would probably do that one, but De that was a bad example. Penis Amen? What if that was your speech impediment? Wait, the one I'm doing or the one? Just a, a speech impediment that you had. You'd be like, my name is Dupenis Amen Zanpenistopoulos. Dupenis Amen. <laughs> okay, what else? Do you want to know the next level? <laughs> you know what? Now that you mention it, I do. What if you uh, dig a little deeper in your pocket and you want to give uh, $5 per episode? Well, in that case, uh, we'll, we'll actually give you a verbal name check in the episode. We'll read it uh, out loud. There, you really can say pretty much whatever you want, as long as it's not hateful to other people. You can be hateful to yourself, I guess. Uh, I'm fine with self-hate. Uh, but we'll do that in the closing credits of each episode. Um, so you'll get a little bit of uh, acknowledgement for your support and uh, appreciation from us. Uh, if you want to dig a little bit more, um, we're getting into the real good goodies here. Um I mean, I didn't ask about this one, but please go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and keep reading, I guess. Forge ahead. If you're willing to give $20 per episode, you're just like, you know what? I love these guys. I love when they make episodes. And they don't make that many, so I can afford it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give $20 per episode. You have a choice. Uh, and there will be a limited amount of, uh, of these, but... Um, we can give uh, you a copy, a digital copy of a uh, original show-related piece of artwork drawn by not you because you're no. I, I realize I was pointing at me, but I'm Schmeyman Schmeyman. Uh, but my co-host Damon Xanthopoulos, he's an extremely talented artist, and he will out create, on sick leave for this he recording. Will create a uh, original piece of artwork uh, based on whatever we're talking about in that episode, and uh, and we'll give you a digital copy of that a PDF. Um, any or, more levels? Okay. Or you can choose um, 
to receive a copy of a, an original song that I write uh, related to, in some way related to the, that episode. So I'm not sure what I'll be doing yet, but I'll create an original song in one way or another, either about the material or about our opinion of it. Um, you don't really get much choice into what it's about or what the drawing is about or what the song is about, but it's a fun little piece of art from uh, one of us. Any um, more levels? We got more. We got okay. more. Uh, for the $50 level, now this is... Wow. You're like, every episode, I want to give you $50. Nelson Rockefeller. Um, you're going to get an autographed print of that original artwork. So um, you'll get a physical print, and it'll be delivered to you. Uh, and we'll, uh, some restrictions may apply depending on where you live, but uh, we'll work it out one way or another. If you shipping. live at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, for example. Well, we'll get a waterproof tube. Pneumatic, send it out with pneumatic tubes. Pneumatic, is that the right word? Pneumatic tubes. We'll borrow it from our local bank and yeah. shoot it down at you. Yeah. Um, so that's Patreon. Um, so go there and support us. Uh, what was that website again? Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. So yeah, we really appreciate it. This is a new thing that we're trying um, just to kind of uh, mitigate the cost that we're getting. Nobody's going to get rich here. So uh, we'd appreciate any support you can give and a chance to get some cool little uh, trinkets from us, from uh, drawing some songs or just uh, your name thrown out there. So, Well, that uh, sounds like a great opportunity. And I'm actually very sad that Damon missed this chance to discuss this with you. I am too. I have not told him about it, that he'll be having to do more work. So <laughs> if you could just keep that on the DM until we get the money. Well, the thing is, uh, the reason he's not here is uh, he uh, was buried alive. Oh. So I am your new co-host, Shmayman, Shmanchimopoulos. <laughs> and I should mention, I cannot draw. Yeah, nobody lost, wants to see my original my artwork. hands. I stole an apple in a very conservative country, chopped off one hand, and just out of spite, <laughs> I stole another apple right in front of him. Chopped off the other <laughs> to point, prove a point. All to prove a point. What was the point? Uh, that I could still steal apples with one hand. Yeah, but not with no hands. With no hands, it gets tougher. It's very hard with the stuff. With the nubs. Yeah. With the nubbins. Um, so about that drawing thing. Well, you've seen my drawings, and I think flawless. Pretty flawless. I think you're getting a pretty good deal either way. I think uh, we've seen uh, my drawings of superheroes from when I was about uh, 12 or 13 years oh, old, yeah. and I was a big subscriber of the 80% torso rule of drawing. <laughs> yeah, what do I say to end it? Again, that is patreon.com slash your child is an idiot. We would really appreciate your support. Thanks. Love you. <laughs> Nah, but uh, we can still see other people, right? Ciao. <laughs> oh, fucking K. The trouble with love is <laughs> it'll tear you up inside. What I love is your takeaway song from Love Actually. Make your heart believe uh, a lie. It's this song played in the background rather than the song Dream that's like... A plot point to the movie. Which one's that? The one that Bill Nye sings. Oh, you you think that should be the one that I take away? I mean, that's the one that is more, I would say, more people would go, oh, yeah, from Love Actually, more than this Kelly Clarkson song. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's an important song to this, just what's in my head right now. No, I know. I'm just pointing out. What was his song again? Christmas time. (laughs) Oh, I love so if Christmas. You, if you really love Christmas, come on and let it snow. Nice. Yeah. Flawless. Flawless Bill Nye. I can feel it in my, my fingers. fingers. I feel it in my toes. Exactly. Really talented background singers, actually. Oh, they were great. They were. It's like, couldn't you just let them do one take? You have to let them sit there while old man fucks up the song a bunch of time. (laughs) I was really feeling for the singers, actually. Okay, so we are back. Yes, we have watched. We didn't even rehearse that. You just pointed at me, and I knew I was supposed to say "are." That's how. Syncopated we are. I would say we've practiced it in the sense that we've done this a bunch of times now. <laughs> in that we say we are back every episode. We watched Love Actually. We actually watched Love Actually. And and loved it? We'll see. Actually. Um, we shall see. Um, 
This is going to be a hard one to recap. So we're going to go, what, by character? I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to quiz okay. you, DJ. I'm going to okay. name an actor. You're going to tell me what happened to them in the movie. Can I use my notes? <laughs> no. Okay. Direct eye contact. Look okay. at me. All Look right. at me. Okay. Look at All me. Right. Okay. We're in this together. Look at me. Look at me. Liam Neeson. His wife is dead. Yep. And he's got a little mutant Jojen Reed as his <laughs> kid. And he... Um, makes weird references to Claudia Schiffer, and then he meets Claudia Schiffer. I mean, okay. the actress playing uh, someone else, like a parent of another kid at the school when they're at the end. What about uh, Jojen Reed? Like, what happened? Jojen Reed uh, is in love with a man, an American girl in his class, and Samantha he, Mumba. Yes, who well, I'm not familiar with. No one is. Uh, my oeuvre of. Uh, Mumba songs, pre, pre, the Mumbology, preteen pop starlets is uh, limited, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's in love with her, and eventually uh, he. Catches, You're taking too long, Hugh Grant. He catches up with her at the airport and confesses love to her. He plays drum, learns how to play drums. You already lost. It's we're on to Hugh Grant. You're wasting okay. your Hugh Grant time. Hugh Grant's the Prime Minister of England. He's in love with his uh, quote unquote fat assistant, <laughs> uh, who gets really weirdly body shamed throughout the, even though she's pretty normal by, uh, by everyone. Yeah. Including her parents, who call her like Tubby or something. Plumpy, like Plumpy. a nickname yeah. you would never give anyone. Um, and anyone, he, anyone you liked. He stands up to the president at some point, uh, at least verbally. Who is Billy Bob Thornton? Okay, give me another. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman is a, a creepy old man. Uh, he's married to Emma Thompson's character. He cheats on her basically with his uh, saucy. Uh, <laughs> Really weirdly, like it, I, we kept asking if she was like a Russian spy because she was being so forward. With <laughs> she him. looks like Natasha Fatal. She keeps being like, like, she's like, like "Where is Moose and Squirrel?" Throughout I, the movie, I'll give you anything you want. Just give me trade secrets. Like what? And uh, she catches him. He he buys a locket for his mistress, uh, and that's actually a pretty funny scene with Rowan Atkinson, Mister <laughs> Bean, yeah. who is one of my favorites. Uh, okay, what else? Yeah. Rodrigo Santoro. Rodrigo, I assume that's uh, Hector from Westworld, aka uh, Xerxes from the Three Hundred, and Nanu. he is Nano. He is uh, a coworker of Laura Linney's character at the uh, NGO where at, they work at the company, the, the love company. Magazine? I don't know. Um, and they, he seems to like her fine, but. Um, but hates mentally disabled people. Yeah, but she keeps interrupting their sexual liaison with phone call, getting phone calls from her. Uh, Andrew brother. Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln is a jackass uh, zombie slayer. He's a best friend to <laughs> guy from Doctor Strange. Ch- uh, ch- you have to pronounce it correctly, or you lose all points. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ch- Ooh, I'll give it to you. Good um, job. Better than I did throughout the entire run of this movie when I tried to say it. He's he's his bestie, and he gets married at the beginning of the movie to Kira Knightley, but he's actually in love with Kira Knightley, and he does the jackassist probably thing in this oh, movie. The, well, and it's a it's a tight race. That's true. He does the sub- subterranean homesick blues uh, cue cards in front of her. Uh, at the door because he doesn't mm-hmm. want to hear his best friend hear him profess his love to, to his, his wife. best friend's wife. Bizarre. Um, he also the fights, ginger in the U.S. He fights zombie, zombies. He doesn't want to be the leader, but sorry. Who the ginger in the U.S. Okay, yeah, the weird sandwich guy. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> Colin is his character's name. Um, Colin Creevy. He's, he's obsessed with the idea. Gryffindor. <laughs> he's he, obsessed. He's with really the- into Harry Potter. Takes his picture all the time. <laughs> He's obsessed with the idea that uh, in America he'll get chicks. And so he comes to America and he gets chicks. Not false, yeah. He's he accurate. Shows up in Wisconsin and there are these like three crazy uh, um, attractive uh, one ladies. One of which in is bar. January Jones and the other two I feel like I've seen in other Yeah, uh, the, the one I don't know, January Jones, and then. Um, Shannon Elizabeth, is Kim, that her name? Kim from 24. Uh, she's the girl next door, that movie. Uh, can't remember her name. Kim from 24? Yeah, she was the daughter in 24. She was Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland's daughter. That was oh. her, like, I don't know if that was her first first thing. That was the first thing I ever saw her in. Um, and then eventually there's a fourth roommate, uh, which is American Pie, Mrs. Yeah. Pie. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. Um, but yeah, they just basically go to town on a minute, and it's set up like... It's a trap, but it's. I guess it's not. I guess it was. Real. I was sure they were going to steal his liver for a while. Yeah, it was really. But no, weird. they just wanted uh, him to penetrate them. 
and all, apparently all he did. That was. I a mean, weird, assuming who knows what they did. That maybe was a weird. He, maybe segment. he got penetrated. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me see. I just want to check my list. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Um, his wife uh, goes to pound town with his uh, brother. Yeah. He walks in on them. Uh, well, not actively, close but close enough. To, well, they they catch them to walking in on them, and then he goes off to southern France, I guess, to to write his uh, great French novel. And sure. he gets like a housekeeper who's Portuguese who lives with him for the whole time. No, he has to drive her home. Remember, at the end of every day. Yeah, but she's like there all the time. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's weird. It's um, absolutely stupid. And they fall in love, even though neither of them speak each other's language. And then. Uh, Eventually, he learns a little bit of Portuguese. She learns a little bit of English, and he flies over to or goes back to Portugal, finds her, and asks her to marry him. Mm, and in bad Portuguese, she says yes, and yeah. I guess happily ever after. Question mark. I think I've got everything. Oh, let's see. Emma Thompson. Mark, Emma Thompson is married to Alan Rickman. Um, she's the floater in this movie. I feel like yeah, because she's also the Prime Minister Hugh Grant's brother. Mm-hmm. Best friends um, with Liam Neeson. Yeah, so she's got yeah she's got a lot of connections. Married to Alan Rickman. Martin Freeman. You did fucking Laura Linney. Martin Freeman was a dis- oh Martin Freeman. I, I didn't write him down. Oh. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins is a disappointingly small role in this movie uh, for such a prized, charming man. For such a charming man. For one of Britain's greatest exports, uh, current and. He uh, basically just meets a, a woman. They're stand-ins uh, um, on movie sets. But For the is, most elaborately staged pornographic film I've ever this seen. This is clearly just a porno that they're standing in. But it was like, do porn? But pornos, do porn stars get stand-ins? Porners. Porners. Porners, as we porno, call them. A porno with such... A-list talent that they can't even come in for their, you know, their checks. Yeah. Like, they just, well, get, you know, get some people that would don't have the body type or height to be in porno to be my stand-in. I'll come film it later. Also, so. like, the movie takes place over five weeks. Yeah. And the idea that a porno is being filmed over five weeks is ridiculous. They've made at least 500 films. Five hours? That. I'll give you that. Yeah. For a real labor of love, a real passion project of a porno <laughs> director. But five weeks, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's a bit crazy. And so he meets uh, the other stand-in in there when all these increasingly awkward positions and just like nude together and uh, simulating sex and then yeah. having a really gentle, uh, casual chat session that Chats turns about into the like weather. one date and, and they eventually, I guess, are engaged by the end sure. of the movie. Yeah, Laura have Lenny. I covered, do we have any should, uh, Laura Lenny? We kind of covered Laura Lenny and Hector's uh, Hector, Carl Carl's uh, whatever arc, if you want to call yeah. it that. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll go through my list. Bill Nye. We didn't talk about him. Oh, sorry, Billy Mack. Yeah, the, main, the biggest one, the the main one. Um, well, well. I mean, to me, <laughs> uh, the good one, Shaun of the Dead's dad. Uh, Step. Dad. Stepdad. Oh, sorry, Sean. Um, he's, <laughs> what accent was? Sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Sean. That's how he talks. Sean. Um, that's not how he talks. Uh, he is a... I think we touched on this a little bit. He's an aging rock star. He's inserted the word Christmas in <laughs> his one of his big hits or something. No, into it. Yeah, some, into some a big song. And he... Just doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, but his love story is he's actually in love with his manager, I guess. Um, well, not um, a platonic love. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty sweet. Well, I mean, I guess it, it could platonic? be. I assumed it was platonic. I mean, you didn't see him taking anyone to Pound Town. Yeah. But uh, I assumed it was platonic. I could that tell he realized f- that the person he'd been spending all his time with was his manager. And that's yeah. who he should spend time with now that he's successful. He did say, I'm in love with you, which is not a thing like. Damon, I love you. I'm afraid I'm happy to say that as a friend, but I would never say I'm in love with DJ, you. DJ, I love you, but I'm not in love with <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't knock on your door and when you answered, I wouldn't make you lie to your wife and say it's car- carolers and then profess my love like Bob Dylan. It's, I wouldn't do that. It's your friend Carol Singers. <laughs> oh, Carol Singers of the Lions Club. Sorry, Christmas really, Carol. Thing is, you want to know where you're going before you start the sentence. That's mm. the thing about it. You know, I have yet to learn that lesson. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just start and. So uh, let's talk about what we liked. 
Okay. TJ, what did you like? And while you're answering that question, I'll come up with some examples of my own. I put a, a star by two of the... I basically, <laughs> my recap notes here are just a list of, of not even characters, because I don't know what the fuck these characters' names were, but the actors. Fun fact, that's exactly what the script looks like as well. <laughs> <laughs> basically. And uh, I starred two storylines. Basically, Hugh Grant and Bill Nye's storyline are, are, were interesting to me. Uh, because... Hugh Grant, as as like kind of a little bit forced as it was, he's charming, and it was it was. It's pretty... Hugh, I mean, it, if anyone else was cast, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, shit? and he was funny. He had some funny lines. He had some, you know, and he's new. He's his first day on the first in his first scene uh, as being the prime minister, yeah. or at least his first time at Ten Downing Street, and he. Um, he plays that sort of like you know charmingly befuddled role very no, well, very well. Mm, That's well, his whole mm, shtick, and he did it, he does it well. My hair is off off kilter, yes. Mm. And there's there's well acted ones like the Emma Thompson Alan Rickman one, where I mean, it was well acted. I think there was some weight to it, but I, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Right. I, 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 I will agree enjoy. with you. I mean, as much as I did complain a lot about the Hugh Grant one, um, because first off, they acted like Ten Downing Street. Is literally like some guy's home that everyone just moves into. It's literally, like just he like, was just wandering around like it was empty. I'm like, no, it's a fucking like, it's the prime minister's office and residence. Like he's not going to dance through the halls. It's basically like uh, um, he treats it like Tom Cruise's empty house in risky business. Right, his parent, yeah. the the old man prime minister's away, and I'm gonna dance around in the place. It was nonsense. <laughs> the queen's gone. Do whatever and I want. She also lives here, as far as I know. <laughs> um, so that was a little ridiculous. But once I got over like the fact that this would never happen, right? Um, I was a little bit charmed, and mostly because you know, Hugh Grant is charming. Yeah, like he's like if you boil charm, oh, what you'd be left with is Hugh Grant. <laughs> he's crusted the, on the side. I call him pot. Charm Leavings. <laughs> You want um, what you want to do is add a little chicken stock to that and just scrape that oh, back up. You got yeah. a nice little charm well, gravy. You want to take one part butter, one part flour, oh, and then sure. add Hugh Grant, and then you get a nice. Yeah, be careful. Thickened, slowly add the roux. Thi- add oh, the yeah, flour. You wanna, get a nice charm roux. You don't want to pour all the Hugh Grant at once. You mm. want to slowly drip it in, simmer it. <laughs> um, and but uh, also the fucking. Uh, I do want to say like, I, like I kept comparing it to my other favorite fake. Um, head of state in love movie, The American President, yes, with Michael Douglas, where at least I feel like they're like, hey, what does the president do? Oh, yeah? Okay, that seems actually, like, seems like a lot of people are involved. Right. Instead of just an empty house <laughs> with, like, a few ladies in it and Hugh Grant. He didn't do a lot. Uh, and, yeah, he was always, he, he always had so much fucking free time. Yeah. Like, there was a scene of him sitting watching TV. There was a scene of him alone in a room reading Christmas cards. There was a scene of him uh, just being like, oh, well, maybe I'll chat up Natalie here. Oh, ch- thank you for the chocolate biscuits, my love. <laughs> and then there was... A- <laughs> So fucking stupid. Still and then there Zealand. was the absolutely ridiculous scene of uh, Billy Bob Thornton comes to visit. He plays a very Bill Clinton esque, yeah. you know, charming president. Puts the moves on the very Monica Lewinsky looking Natalie, um, and sort of that's the 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 crick in their love story for Hugh Grant and Natalie's love story. Um, but there's this whole like scene of oh we need to stand up to the Americans, and he's like I don't think we should. No one who's ever not standing up would characterize it as, no, I won't stand up to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then there was this weird scene of, you sort of see uh, both the, the, the United States president's uh, underlings and the prime minister's underlings were hashing out a deal. And it's just so, it's so obviously written by, it's like, it's politics for people who don't follow politics right and it's like well these are the policies of the administration before us and then like the english guy goes well they were bad policies and i'm like what the fuck are you guys talking they about? didn't want to get into it right. they had six minutes we don't want to yeah. get into the details yeah. of the lift lorries and lose bill we're trying to push through parliament <laughs> lifts lorries and lose <laughs> um Biscuits versus cookies debate. Biscuits we're not and gonna, crisps. We're not going to run this down. We're not going to relitigate this biscuits versus cookies. 
It's rapeseed oil, not canola oil. (laughs) Oh, guys, rapeseed oil? Come on. Changed it. Not ready for prime time. The seed of the rape. No. No. (laughs) Uh, Um, So it was absolutely ridiculous. But by the end, once they actually got away from the politics and was like, look, you know what? Fuck it. Just pretend yeah. this is the prime minister you know what he and, does. This, and he loves this lady and just go with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm with you for a yeah, little bit. Fine. I will also agree that the highlight for me, though, hands down, is the Bill Nighy story. Yeah. He's charming. His lines are actually funny. I don't have to, like, round them up to a chuckle. Like, yeah. everything about his story is interesting and I feel like very unique, whereas everything else seems sort of played or cliched or really forced yeah his seemed like really natural and like he was one of the few characters that seemed like well uh, fleshed out yeah except for uh all the tna we got with uh, martin freeman yeah <laughs> fleshed out eh? sound i like tube like men hey what are you a fleshy tube what you doing later Hey, what, hey, what? Say no more, say Got no the more. the body type of a slug, Yin. <laughs> you look like a burlap sack made of skin. <laughs> what are you doing later? Oh, you look like a sack of potatoes. What get... But with legs. Um, I like it. What did Do you... those bumps go all the way around? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what were the worst storylines to you? The one that pissed me off the most, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I've got an answer for you right away. I'm Bill, Bill O'Reilly right now. Laura Linney's Wrong. is the one. Wrong! That's John McLaughlin, but I'll still count it. Um, Laura Linney's is the one that pisses me off the most, because it, it seems very forced. Like, her story seems to have, like, real pathos. Yeah. But it... The, I mean, as we said before, she has uh, a brother who is in a mental hospital. He seems to have, like, violent outs- outbursts, but also seems to have, you know, not no grasp on reality. Yeah. She's got a crush on the male model who works in the office. Who's for into some her. Reason, who's into her. And, uh, you know, they meet up at the, Christmas, the company Christmas party, and they're about to go to bed. Things get a little hot and heavy. And her phone goes off, and it's her brother. And, uh, you know, she sort of quiets him down. Then the phone goes off again and she decides she has to go see her brother. And I'm just like, you know, she lives alone. The movie seemed to be like going out of its way to like, how can we make this woman's misery justified and righteous? Like, it's like she deserves to be alone forever. She doesn't deserve anyone. It's like you, your brother will be in a mental hospital after you finish having sex with this male model. And I don't mean to say like, you shouldn't give a shit about your brother, but if he's going to call all the time and he has no grasp on reality, I feel like you're allowed to live your own life and visit him when you can. But it just seemed, and he also like tries to hit her when she goes to visit her. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it just seemed like really like, Oh, Let's make her into some sort of martyr. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, to, uh, I keep, I'm just going to keep calling Hector. Hector's credit, uh, he, he seemed pretty understanding about it. I mean, he did urge her to, like, maybe don't answer the phone this time because, right. because I'm middle, a main model who's wanting to fuck you. We're about to, we're about to take it down to Pound Town. Yeah. And, uh, where the next exit is Pound Town. It's Pounding. Um, and, Pounding, as they would call it in England. Pounding. They would actually skip the middle. Pounding. But, of course, she answers the phone, but he doesn't seem like... He's not, like, mad. He's not like, well, I have to leave and burn your house down. Like, he... I feel like uh, they didn't really... Or at least pox they on both your houses! They didn't really explain it, at least, that way, that he was like, well, clearly this is never gonna work. I mean, the last scene with them is him, uh, I guess, you know, a week later, stopping by her desk, saying goodnight to her, and she smiles, yeah. says goodnight, Carl, and then she answers the phone and starts sobbing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this sh- this movie is... I mean, I will admit, to their credit, not all the love stories end happily. Right. But none of them end in a way that I'm like... You mean none of the ones for the older women? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Andrew Lincoln, handsome man. Yeah, that's true. His story doesn't end happily, but it doesn't end in a way where I'm like, I see what they're saying. Yeah. Like with Laura Lenny's, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, that she doesn't deserve love. 
that she is forced forever to be Maybe chained to her mentally disabled, violent brother forever, and she can't have a life outside of him. Maybe they could, we- could have explored it a little bit more if they didn't split the story into 15 parts. Right. <laughs> this is like the Avengers Infinity War. Hey, you shut your mouth. <laughs> That's going to be a masterpiece. We can get 60 characters into four hours. Sure. What's the worst that could happen? You all got a minute and a half to get an arc in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess, honestly, the weird, weird sandwich guy is the worst arc. The, the ginger that goes to America. Because I don't... It was like from a different movie. It was like from American Pie or it's something. It's not really an arc as much of a straight line. Like yeah. He says, American women love guys with English accents. I'm going to have sex with a lot of American women because I have an English accent. And he goes he to America and he has sex, presumably, with a lot of women. And brings, one, brings some and back brings home. brings some back, brings the bounty back, like a yeah. Robin Hood. <laughs> like, like he was a 49er <laughs> heading to the West. <laughs> There's gold in them, Dar Hills. Yeah. Chip, it, chop, chip. It was, you know, it, you know, it was silly, and I think it was intentionally silly, but it was also... So silly that it seemed removed from the rest of the movie. Like it seemed like a, a scene from like Road Trip or something. I would I would say that I to that's its credit to its credit is that yeah. even though it is the most straightforward of stories and sort of this most stupid and removed from the rest, I do kind of I don't rank it as the worst because it wasn't. It's trying. probably the least amount of time devoted to one of the characters. That's true. Like I feel like he probably gets about seven minutes of time all tallied together. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Which is for one that, less than Which is like else. pretty much a comic <laughs> relief type story. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'll allow it. Yeah, he, about, he about got the same amount of time as Martin Freeman's story did. Yeah, and that, that's also fairly straightforward. Yeah. I mean, that's based on a visual gag of like these people who aren't having sex being stuck in sexual positions yeah. making small talk. Yeah. And they got, yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Colin Firth's... Is the most ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just ridiculousness, I would say his is the most ridiculous. Because he meets a pretty woman, Mm -hmm. doesn't know what she's saying, is able to cobble together, like, barely, like, barely sentences. Yeah. And declares his love for her. Yep. To her family? And I wouldn't even mind if he had gone to Portugal and say, said, I'm in love with your daughter. Right. But it seemed like this weird Rock Hudson Doris Day movie where it's like, we've known each other for a week. I need to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. I'm yeah. like, why? It's 2003, you son of a bitch. Can't you just hang out for, yeah, hang out in Portugal, get, man? Get to, yeah, get to know her in a language you now can speak. Yeah. That's the one barrier, and you're like, well, the barrier's gone. But before I test my theory, <laughs> let's get married. <laughs> Alan, I will say this to the movie. I mean, I have to hand it to the movie. This is the first movie I've ever seen with Alan Rickman in it, where he comes off as completely uninteresting. Yeah, they wasted, they wasted Alan Rickman in this. I mean, It's like, like they, they like cast a weird spell on him. And they, to make him uncharming or unmenacing or unsarcastic, like everything. It's just like, just like he was like, where's my check? And they had to just dub over him like with actual lines. Where's my check? Emma Thompson, where's my check? Where's my check? <laughs> he, does, he does the thing too, and this is not on Alan Rickman specifically. He's delivering the device that I hate, which is that like the very beginning where he brings Laura Linney, who works for him, into his office and it's like that whole scene. How long have you been in love with Carl? And it's like things that do not happen in real life. <laughs> do not happen. And also, you should bring uh, this to your HR office. Right. Absolutely. Oh, um, What's well, a small magazine for UNICEF? I think it's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nonprofit. Maybe yeah. they had pictures of Africans on the wall. Sure. I will say about Alan Rickman's storyline. One of the. I mean, one of the few interesting choices the movie makes is that it lets me fall for it tricks me into falling for his relationship with his secretary mm-hmm. because you see all these other cute meetup right stories yeah because they present before first. you realize yeah. that he is married to emma thompson right i also want to i want to name emma thompson as the mvp of this movie mm. because i think she's given a lot of shitty dialogue to say and it's she true. for the most part is able to deliver it I guess so. I guess I didn't enjoy her the most. 
I, I agree. She wasn't given a lot to do, but I yeah. think in a lot of ways, like she was given like lines that in anyone else's hands would just be a throwaway line, but it, were charming in her own Emma Thompson way. What I am also I remembering is I have carved a head or I carved, carved a lobster head. And she makes this weird motion yeah. in just a very ridiculous fashion because there are lobsters in the nativity scene that her there are children's m- multiple lobsters, multiple <laughs> lobsters and an octopus from what I can gather. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's able to deliver like ridiculous lines like that. Well, and she's given a lot of exposition to handle because, as I said, she is the floater in a lot of these stories. Yeah. So she bounces over to Liam Neeson's story. She bounces True. over to uh, Hugh Grant's story. And then, of course, Alan Rickman's story that she's a main part of. And she's able to sort of like uh, mix all this together into something. I'm trying to decide like how all of these connected because uh, Bill Nighy's story basically connected like in a superficial way like because right. they saw Everyone keeps seeing his see song, him on hearing TV. his song yeah yeah and then of course he put, basically puts a wager out there that if he gets to number one he'll perform naked on christmas eve and he right. does so uh alan rickman is connected to laura lenny he's her boss laura lenny how are how was the laura lenny is goes sits next to colin firth as if they were friends at Kira Knightley and Chetumalajun. Oh, they're at the wedding. Wedding. Okay. So they know them. Okay. Uh, and Hugh Grant is the Emma prime Thompson's minister sisters. of the entire country so, that all yeah. these people are in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin Firth. Isn't there a surprise? Not a huge surprise because it's not like it doesn't change the story or anything. But don't we find out that someone else is connected to someone? Or maybe that's Emma Thompson calling the prime minister. Was that what I'm thinking? Yeah, of? maybe. I feel like there was this big like how old like is, oh, I guess you guys are related too. How old does Colin Firth tie into all this? Well, Colin Firth is friends with Andrew Lincoln and Laura Lenny. He is. Yeah, because okay. he was at that. Wedding. Oh, because he was at the wedding. Okay, I'll confuse myself. No, yeah, it's understandable. And then Martin Freeman gets like a passing. Like the airport, he's from. Oh, right, with and then the, the ginger in you, the United States. His his buddy, yeah. is like the one of the gaffers, or maybe the director yeah. of photography, or some like crew member of On the those. porno, <laughs> the, the exquisite porno that is being made with Martin Freeman. Oh, Jesus Christ. I will say this, like a romantic comedy, a normal romantic comedy that focuses on one couple, you have a per- one person who acts like a complete lunatic that would be arrested in any real life situation. And this movie thinks that it's going to win us over by just having a bunch of romantic <laughs> stories. But what it does is it almost like exacerbates the fact that people in romantic comedies act like lunatics because yeah. in a regular romantic comedy you'd have one in this movie you have six people acting like jackasses and you're like oh my god you're all horrible the yeah. one that springs to mind that i don't think we've touched on is andrew lincoln who professes his love to his friend's wife after they're married yeah and then she chases after him in the street and kisses him and then runs back inside with her husband. And I'm like, what have you accomplished? Yeah. First off, if you're in love with your best friend's wife, shut the fuck up and get over it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, you've had love professed to you by your husband's best friend, tell him to fuck off yeah. and get off your stoop. Bugger off, as <laughs> Bugger it were. Bugger off, yeah. And Cookies off my, versus biscuits, fuck off versus bugger off. And not stoop, it's called a cherry biscuit. <laughs> it's called a bumba sheet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. It's one thing to have one person standing outside your window with a boombox playing Peter Gabriel. It's another thing to have 13 people doing it outside of 13 windows. Some of this is maybe just getting old and like not not accepting all of the disbelief i was willing to suspend earlier in my life but like uh, a lot of these the romantic quote-unquote kind of actions not just in this movie but just in the genre uh <laughs> is very 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 unhealthy behavior and i know that's obvious but like when you when you watch it all together like you said like this is a big pile of it right here it reminds me of like the paradox of 
Romeo and Juliet. I feel like when you're a teenager and you you're forced to read Romeo and Juliet in yeah. English class, you identify with Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But when you're an older person and you either see it or read it again, you identify with the parents of right. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are all acting like idiots. Yeah. Calm down. No, don't pretend you're dead. There is no reason to go off in a lope. Everyone just calm the fuck down. <laughs> Families have arguments. There's no reason to fake oh, your not, own and now deaths. you're dead. Now you're dead. Uh, uh, okay. okay. And you're dead because you thought he was dead. Okay. Okay, great. Well, great. Our kids are dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're morons. If they just wait a fucking just second. Just wait five minutes. <laughs> so what did you think of this movie? Uh, if you had liked this, were you younger? Would your inner child be an idiot? Yeah. Yeah, this is... Say it, say it with pride. Say it with pride. Well, yes, your Good. inner child is good. Idiot. It's hard to say Louder. because even when, like, people were we were not children when we actually saw this, right? Uh, or when, but some people when it were. did come out, but they we're, were. We're in our mid thirties. Yeah, oh motherfucker, <laughs> this is not good. Um, there are, there are <laughs> I meant I was going to say, but there are good elements. There, there are. Yeah, there. I, I laughed a few times out loud. Especially out loud, even the first, uh, maybe the maybe the first act, the first third of it was a little lighter. You know what I mean? Because they hadn't kind of gotten it all into the muck yet. And there's a lot of good setups. A lot, a little bit of like, uh, it's a lot more British. I feel like at the beginning, like there's a lot more like kind of quippy, you know, dry, humorous moments, and, and coming from all sides, from you know. Uh, the the rock star Bill Nighy character, the Alan Rickman, uh, you know, Hugh Grant has a, of course a bunch of stuff, and the beginning of the Martin Freeman story. Like, there's a lot of like yeah. quippy things happening, and you're not quite sure what's happening with uh, weirdo ginger sandwich guy yet. Um, and so he turns just, out he's just a fucking creep. Yeah, he's just kind of being creepy. I feel like you do know from his first line, he, which is yeah. like, "Hello, beautiful." You're like creep. And then, uh, yeah, Emma Thompson, like you said, she's got some good lines with the Oh, the ginger delivers sandwiches in the oh, office. Oh, that's right. That that's right. Alan Rickman and Laura Lenny and Rodrigo work in. I will say, like, from a writing perspective, it's interesting how they, how they tie that all in, I guess. Like, just as a, as a uh, exercise, you know, an exercise. In, in I mean, writing. kind of, but I mean, if you're, if the, one of the links is he delivers sandwiches to the office, like, I'm like, all right, yeah, you did it, I guess. Good job. You made it happen. <laughs> That's retconned. It wasn't original in the story. <laughs> uh, but then Jeff Loeb, when he was doing the artwork for it, he went back and like made the ginger, the guy in the sandwich Whoa. office. What? He was the watcher the whole time. He's Joe Chill. He killed Batman's parents. Okay, what about you? This movie's shit, mate. (laughs) To put it in terms British people might understand. I mean, it's really like... So you were right. You were not an idiot. I mean, but what I'm... what, What... I always say is what I'm declaring to the audience is, if you like this, your inner child was an idiot. <laughs> this is not a good movie. Wow. It's, I, don't, I mean, I feel like I've enumerated the reasons. Why well, got to shit on Christmas like that? <laughs> it's barely Christmas. Love actually is the reason They're just for the like, season. We're going to have 20 love stories, and someone's going to get into that. And then someone else was like, what if they don't? And like... Fuck it, we'll set it at Christmas. That'll wear people down. And if not, if that doesn't work, we'll kill a dog. I also, the the romanticization of airports always bothers me a little bit. Because airports are the fucking worst. (laughs) They're always... I mean, it is like a place where you can see people giving goodbyes and, and hellos, but not can so much, not I mean, as much anymore. Because, you know, you're like forced to wait outside. Because the TSA hates love. Well... Arguable, um, but yeah, it's kind of all like dispersed. It, you because it used to be like you know right outside of the the terminal. You know you'd like go down and there there your family was or your loved one or whatever. And now that like maybe somebody will be waiting for you down by the baggage. 
Well, yeah, me and me and Tyler and my friend Adam, we rewatched uh, Moonstruck recently, and there's a scene where she drops Danny Aiello's character off at his fucking gate, yeah. and watches his plane leave. I'm like, yeah. oh, you guys, you might as well light up a goddamn cigarette. Well, that's the uh, I was we were yelling at the screen because uh, Jojen Reed, little baby Jojen, uh, was. Uh, he like runs through security and like snakes past some agents, <laughs> right. some security agents. And I was like, dude, this is a post 11 world. You're about to get beat the fuck down. And they like the, the uh, gate agents, like cl- politely, the security agents, like quietly wait for him to say his goodbye. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> say goodbye to your first love. And then let's head back to your pops. Look, I know he's just a chip, 10 year old. T- I know he's just a 10 year old that looks like a five year old, but he's about to get his shit whacked. I think he's like 40 in this. Yeah, he might be. He is a growth. I like disorder. that his uh, you know, in Game of Thrones, he just got taller. He didn't get yeah. It's just like well, stretch really that change. kid out. Yeah, <laughs> they just held him by his head <laughs> for a little until bit until his feet hit the floor again. He's a good kid actor, though. He was. He was. He no, was he's adorable. Yeah. Um, what did you think, everybody? Email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail dot com. Uh, you can tweet at us at y i c i a i. Find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find Damon on Twitter at Damon's Ant, X-A-N-T-H. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Phillips. You can find Damon's comic at truefordcomic.com. You can find my music at djphillips.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.